Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Everybody must have got a good night's sleep last night. Wow. I'm like, who's excited to be at church today? Man, I am so excited to spend time with you today. We're going to have an amazing day. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are excited to spend time with God and with each other today, and that is exactly what we're going to do. If you're joining us online, part of our online audience, and you want to know more about our church, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. If you're an in-person guest, don't leave today before you stop by our table in the foyer. One of our board members will be back there. They want to introduce themselves to you, and they've got a couple free gifts they'd love to put in your hands to help you in your walk with Christ. Now, we've got a couple of just quick announcements this morning. How many people did grow groups today? Good. If you're watching online, you're like, everyone was quiet. There was quite a few hands that went up, so don't worry. Uh, but I'd highly encourage you, come check out a grow group on Sunday mornings uh, from 9 to 9.45. It's a great time to connect with people, build relationships, be encouraged, and just apply God's word to your life. So, so come on out. We've got groups for every age group of our church. Come on out next Sunday, 9 a.m. for that. Now, we will be having communion. We'll be partaking in communion at the end of our worship experience today. So if you need those elements, we want to make sure that you, you have those. If you didn't grab them when you came in, uh, we've got some here in the back of the room. Just raise your hand. Uh, let someone know that you need them. We'll make sure to get those into your possession. Now, you probably got a bulletin when you came in, so the good news is, is I'm going to let you read that today because I want to spend time with God today. How about you? I, I don't know about you, but I feel like all week, like, you ever just feel like sometimes you just want to turn around and just punch the devil in the teeth? Okay, I'm, I might be the only one, uh, but sometimes you just feel like he's breathing down on you, like he is just trying to get you, your mind in the wrong directions. He's, he's trying to pull you here and there and everywhere, get you worried about all sorts of stuff you don't need to be worried about. And I feel like this morning there's just a weight in some lives today. You walked into this place, you feel heavy, you feel distracted, you feel like your thought processes are all over the place. You know what? God wants to spend time with you today. He wants to spend time with you. So could I have you do this? Would you stand to your feet? We're about to go into worship. But I want to pray over you this morning because God wants to move on your heart and he wants to turn your heart towards him today to experience everything that he has for you. God, we thank you this morning that you are an amazing, loving God who breaks down strongholds, who still does amazing things, who still does healings and still speaks into people's hearts, who restores relationships and helps us when we find ourselves in in the world of trouble. God, you do not leave us. You do not abandon us. 
But Lord, the most important thing is not the things that are happening externally in our life, but it's our heart this morning. God, would you turn our hearts towards you? Lord, would you, would you bend us back towards you? Would you take our focus, put it by the word of God and his glory and honor? And I love this song. And uh, he's got a couple scriptures he wants to throw in there to give us a little bit of guidance to just talk to us about what this song means and what, it, what God is trying to do this morning in our lives. So, Robbie, would you lead us? Ezra chapter 1, verse 1, says this. The Lord moved the heart of Cyrus. Do you remember who Cyrus was? Anybody remember? <laughs> Cyrus was the king of Persia, all right? He wasn't even a believer. But it said God moved his heart. What did he move his heart to do? To encourage the people to rebuild the temple. And then down in verse 5, it says, Everyone whose heart God had moved prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. God moved in their hearts. If God can move in the heart of a foreign king to start rebuilding the temple, you think God can move in our lives today? You think God can move in this city? He can, and I believe it. And it starts with us praying and seeking after God and saying, God, we need a move in this place. We need you to move in our hearts, first of all. But then we need you to move in this city. We're going to teach you this new song. It's called This Is A Move. Maybe you listen to it. If you're on Facebook, Pastor Eric shared it. But I want you to listen as we sing it together. We're going to sing it at the end of the service as well, too. It's just a great song. And as we sing it, let's pray for a move of God. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. And God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do. second verse bodies are still being raised giants are still being slain God we believe yes we can see it, that wonders are still what you do we are here we are here for you come and do
bridge, miracles happen. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move. And miracles coming in Heaven, miracles thank you that you are not a God who is dead, but you are a God who is alive. You are living, active, and you are powerful, and there is none like you. God, we thank you, and we just give you praise this morning. And I pray, Lord, right now that you would fill us with your joy. God, let your joy fill this house. We give you our praise and our worship. God, you are awesome in this place. In Jesus' name, sing this song with me, House of the Lord. Shout out your praise. 
Take a moment and just breathe in God's presence. Just let go of some of the things that have just been holding on to you, things that the enemy has been whispering in your ears. I know what that's like. Just let go. Just let God in. You don't have to do anything right now. There's nothing that you have to do but just be in his presence. as we transition to the preaching of your word. God, I pray you may anoint this servant to preach your word effectively today. Lord, all I want is what you want. God, I pray over our children as they are dismissed at Children's Church that God, your spirit would be upon them and upon Miss Jackie as she pours into their lives. Lord, in a few moments, we'll wrap service up. It seems like it goes by so quickly. God, we don't want to leave this place the same. We don't want to miss an opportunity with you. Lord, change someone's life today. Do what only you can do. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen.
Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. All right, kids, church, we are dismissing you with Miss Jackie. I'm just doing it myself today. Jeb's tied up with uh, some other things. He's a busy guy, that little guy, let me tell you. Well, I'm excited to, to preach the word this morning to you. Um, I just believe that there is somebody here who is going to experience freedom in a way that they, they've been searching for for a long time today. Um, I want to take you back to the passage that, that we spoke about last week. Remember King Hezekiah? He was making, as he, and the pressure of being king, he realized he had to make some decisions and some choices. And he ends up making a poor decision, a poor choice, as he, he, he negotiates uh, a relationship with Egypt, which is not bad to have a relationship, but, but in this case it, it was. Um, he was tying himself to Egypt in a way that he wasn't meant to. And, and really it became a thing about the heart. Uh, and the pressure of those things, Hezekiah tried to do something in his own strength instead of taking a moment and breathing and having a conversation with God. I want to take you back to that passage of Scripture, and we're going to go one more step further today with it. So let's look at Isaiah 30, 19 through 21. It says, People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. Right there, that's a good verse right there. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. We talked about that last week. As soon as we ask the Lord for help, he hears us. And he moves. He doesn't always move the way that we want him to. But he moves for our benefit. He turns things in our favor. Amen? God wants to turn things in your favor this morning. Verse 20. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your eyes, you will see them. And we talked about the fact that this verse is kind of reads a little weird, but the fact that God uses difficult situations, adversity, and, and, and brings those things into our life. Affliction brings, allows those things in our life so that we can be developed. Those things are teachers in our life. And they're used sometimes as a conduit to put us where we need to be when we need to be there. But then verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I want to focus just on verse 21 today. Whether you turn, from the, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. The title of this morning's message is, This is the Way. Next week, we will be jumping into the book of Acts, and this is setting us up for that experience. Did you know that uh, in the early days of the church, in the time period of Acts, that the church was actually known as the way? The way? This is the way. I want you to be able to hear the voice of God today, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And as you go throughout this week and the weeks to come, and as you make choices and decisions to be able to hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's what I deeply want for you. So let's talk about this this morning. Let's talk about the way. 
There's a few words I want to kick things off with this morning. The three words are this, option, choices, and decisions. Do you ever feel confused like you have too many options in your life? Oh, somebody's laughing. You Come on, let's just be real. Some of us feel like this guy. Like we're trying to follow God. We're trying to do the best we can. But then it's like all of a sudden it's like there's a bazillion decisions we've got to make. And we're just like, I don't even know where to begin. Have you ever been there? If you haven't been, I'm going to tell you, you will be. (laughs) You will be. Sometimes it just seems like there's so many. On any given day, we're given an incredible amount of options, decisions, and choices to make. Let me give you some examples this morning. Would that be all right? You're going to make some decisions today. Like, what are you going to do after church? Some of you already have plans. Great, you don't have to make a decision. You already know. Some of you don't. You have to make a decision. Stop and go to work or go do something tomorrow. If not, don't stop. You're going to decide to watch something on TV, and you've got to decide what to watch. Does anybody remember the day when there were only three options? ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it. Like half the church is like, what? I'm like, now you've got thousands of options at your fingertip. You can watch every NFL game today as possible. I've already made the decision when it comes to the Packers. I'm not watching the game. Not because I'm not a Packers fan, but because I watched the first game and they lost. I didn't watch the second game and they won. So I'm just testing a theory. I'm not watching today. We'll see what happens. I might be banned from Packers television for the rest of my life. Uh, and that decision may not be mine. It may be yours. But there's all, these, there's all these options. And I know that the things that I've talked about so far this morning, the illustrations that I gave, they're, they're kind of silly. They don't hold a whole lot of weight. But what about when we do have to make decisions and choices that, that bear weight? I mean, does anybody ever feel like you just you get tired of making decisions? Like, I know it's another silly illustration, but like you get asked, like, where do you want to, let's, let's go out, let's go out, you ask somebody, hey, let's go out to eat. Well, you want to grab a bite? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're already laughing because you know what's coming next. It's like, and they ask you, well, where do you want to go? And you're like, you just don't want to make another decision. Like, I feel that way sometimes. Like, it's, I, right now, like, it's crazy. Uh, we're going through a thing. It's, for me, it's like there's all these decisions and choices, not only in the ministry of church, but then the upkeep of the building and the administration and our building starting to age a little bit. It's like everything's breaking at the same time. So we get one thing fixed, and then there's another thing. And then it's, okay, I'm going to make a decision on this, and then I'm going to make a decision on that, and that. And then people are like, hey, where do you want to go to lunch? I don't care. <laughs> I just don't want to make the decision. We pass the buck. That's why I end up at Culver's every week. Because, look, I'm going to tell you something honest. I don't even really care for Culver's. I love spending time with the people that are there. I love the employees. I love you guys that go there. It's great. But I don't have to make a decision. I'm like, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm decisioned out. Have you ever been there? Just decisioned out. But what about some examples where it's like there's weight in the decision? There's weight in the choice. Like, where am I going to go to college and what am I going to study? That's got some weight to it. What career path do I choose? You get out of high school or you get out of college and now you're like, all right, I got to start paying bills. I, I got to find a place to live. I, I, what, what am I going to do with my life? 
Who am I going to marry? Should I even marry at all? These are important questions. Where do I live? What house should I buy? There's a lot of heavy questions in our life, if we're honest. Any one of these that I just brought up have, have a major, would have a major impact in your life. And sometimes we view life and the options around us like, if you, let's show this picture of these doors. Like it's just all these doors. And it's cool to have options. I like being able to have options, but sometimes it feels like too many options, too many choices. Sometimes don't we want it to look more like this? We're just like, I just want one door. Like highlight it, that's it, that's it for me. And listen, sometimes when we're following God, it is like that. Sometimes it's very simple. God's, God asks you to do something, you got one choice. You're going to obey or you're not. I mean, it's that simple. The door's lit up. <laughs> I'm like, that, those, are the e- those, are the, those are the decisions I love, to be honest with you. It's like when God goes, this is what I'd like you to do. All right. God says, jump. I'm like, how high would you like me to attempt to try to do that? I'm like, that, I love those kind of things. And, and we see that, like in the book of Jonah. Here's Jonah, and he's called to go to Nineveh and to preaching. He's no, like, I am not going to Nineveh. He could to run away from that, to run away from the one door that was highlighted. Yet God still managed to get him in Nineveh. He preached with a bad attitude, and the whole town got saved. Now listen, if God can take a man who says, I do not want to do what you're asking me to do, God. Jonah still loved God. Jonah still had a connection with God. Jonah still had a relationship with God. But if God can take a man like Jonah and get him where he needs to be, and Jonah has done everything possible to avoid it, let me tell you something this morning. When we want to go where God wants us to go, he's got it handled. We put so much pressure on ourselves that we've got to, we got, it's, like, it's like every step has to be micromanaged by us. It's like, all right, I got to do it just this way. I'm still in the will of God. Oh, I'm still in the will of God. We might get there. It's like it's not a tight wire rope act, all right? I know that this says the path is narrow, but it's not a tight rope. God has got a ton of grace for you. A ton of grace for you. We put this weight on ourselves like, Got to get every single decision absolutely right, exactly the right way, or, oh, sorry, disqualified. You know, a majority of the things that that we face, the choices and decisions we have to make, they're not the yellow door, the highlighted door. Go back to that picture of all those doors. A lot of the decisions we make are a lot more like that. And I want to tell you something. We we focus so much on this, what's out here. You know what God's focus is? Here. Because if you get this right, that choice doesn't even matter. Because this is right. This is right. God's weight is not necessarily on, on what door you choose. It's that your heart is right. Verse 21, again, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
How can that be? How can you go right or left? Those are two polarizing different directions, Lord. How can I go right and it be the way? And how could I go left and it end up being the way? It's because this is right. This is right. How you come to your decision about a choice, about a decision, about an option, is a lot of times more important than the decision you're actually making. Let's talk through how we make decisions in our life. How do we make these choices? How do we, how do we, how do we choose which option to go with? Think about your life and all the different things and figuring that out. We have a board meeting this afternoon. Guess what? We're going to be walking through this exact process I'm going to share with you today. Let's get a biblical perspective on how to make decisions. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, we're going to go through 1 through 6, but we'll do 1 through 4 first. It says, My son, do not forget my teachings and keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you, fruits of the Spirit that we need in our life. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here we see that the weight is being on faithfulness and love, the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the things that we desperately need to get right. Then verse 4, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. I want to give you five things this morning. We're going to go through them pretty quickly. Five things to help you make the best decisions possible in your life. And your best thing about morality in your life. What forms personal value in your life? What, 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 what causes you to value something highly or less than someone else? If we did a poll this morning on the values that you have, they, they would vary on what you find valuable and what you find valuable. And not everybody can have, we had a scale of 1 to 10, and 10 being like the most valued things in your life. You can't have everything at a 10. If you do, that is incredibly unhealthy, all right? And I don't know how you're living, because uh, that would drive me nuts. You've got to have values in things. And sometimes values in things can change. Sometimes they stay static. All right, if you're married, I hope you have a very high value on your, your spousal relationship. That should be at 10. A relationship with God should be at 10. But there are a lot of things that influence our values, not just the spiritual things, just life in general. So where do our values come from? How do we form values? Why is something valuable to me? I've got three examples here of, of what kind of forms values in our life. First, your environment. How were you raised? How were you raised? How did you grow up? Did you grow up in a stable home? Or did you grow up in a home that was dysfunctional? Okay, we all grow up in some, of some form of dysfunction in our homes. Let's just be real. But was your home stable? Did you grow up in, in foster care with foster parents? What was that relationship like? Did you, did you grow up in an orphanage? Because those environmental things change. Where you grew up, what part of the country you grew up in can, can be part of where we get our value from. I'm from way up in northern Maine. I would live there 10 years before we moved around and was a military brat and moved all over the place. So some of my values, I've got some of these New England, upper New England values in my, in my blood just because it's where I was raised. 
The second thing that forms our values is our experiences, both good and bad. If you grew up on the mission field, I can guarantee you, like if your parents were missionaries and you grew up on the mission field, your values are going to be, what you value in life may be a little bit different than somebody who grew up here in Ripon, Wisconsin their entire life. Because your experiences were widely different. Have you experienced things in your life like abuses? Because that will change your perspective on relationships. It might change your values on things. But the most important thing for us who are believers that should shape what we value is the Word of God. Because as we fall more in love with God, we fall in love with the things God loves and God values. Do you know the highest value that God has on something? People. That's the highest value. So much of it, so, so valued that Jesus came and died for you and the person sitting next to you and the person that you don't like at work and the neighbor that you can't get along with. Jesus has the highest value for them. And he has the highest value for you. So values, our best decisions come out of our values, the things that we value. We got to make sure our values are right so we can make right decisions. Number two, your best decisions are birthed through conversations with God. That's called prayer. God wants to have a conversation. We talked about this last week. It was the, really the basis of the whole message last week. God wants you to communicate with him and talk to him sooner than later. Talk to God before you get yourself into the mess, not just once you've gotten into the mess. God wants to be a part of the decision-making process. So include him. Talk to him. I love having Luke and Emma in the office. They were here at having a staff meeting the other day. We have really thin walls between our offices, so I'm sure they hear things that I talk about. Because they were talking where it's, it feels an invisible, an imaginary friend. And I, I loved Emma's response. She didn't even know that I had heard this. But she was just like, what if you went for a drive with God and you cleaned out your passenger seat like God was there? I loved that. She was like, what if, what if you went out with ice cream with God? You just went and got an ice cream cone and you sat down on a bench by yourself and you just conversed with God. And you're like, people will think you're crazy. Look, you put ear pods in your ear. You don't even have to listen to anything. People, you can talk. People won't think a thing. They'll think you're on a phone call. All right? Don't worry about what other people think. All right? Like, I can see it now. The police are going to stop by. I think everybody in your church needs to go to the insane asylum. They're just talking to themselves in town. Um, but look, to make these things real and authentic, God wants you to have a conversation. My prayer life has greatly changed the older I get. I go to the Lord, I'm just like, Lord, here, here's where I'm at. This is what's going on. Just talk with me through this. Talk, just talk with me through this. Help me to understand. And listen, I love talking with God because here's what I realized about God. He has a totally different perspective to the situation than I do. Because sometimes when I'm talking with God and it's a conversation, he talks too. He begins to show me something that I'm not aware of in a situation. You ever had God say no? Okay, if you haven't, you need to talk with God more. Because God will say no. And sometimes he doesn't even tell you why. You're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about, no. 
Nope, don't do that. Okay, well, well why? Okay, well, I know you well enough. I'm just not going to do it then because I'm not going to get myself in trouble. And sometimes God will speak to you, and yes, God is for you. He wants to do great things in your life. He wants to restore things. He wants to challenge you, change you, shape you. But God also is a God who is a loving father and disciplines his kids. And sometimes dads have to say no. And sometimes God says no. I want to have that conversation before I make a decision. And God goes, why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me? Bring God into, the, into your decision-making process. Three, in our biggest decisions, heed wise counsel. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to counsel and receive instructions that you may be wise in later days. Wise counsel doesn't mean going and asking someone who shares the exact same perspective of you to justify your process of thinking and go, well, yep, they told me I can do it, and that's good. Sometimes wise counsel isn't necessarily our friends, the people in our closest circle. Sometimes they are. Sometimes wise counsel is someone who's removed from the situation and can bring a totally different perspective from it. I love having a presbyter, and I love having a superintendent and other pastors. I'll call them. I'll be like, hey, so I'm just going to lay this idea down. I'm going to throw this out here. Give me, before I say what I'm doing or what I'm thinking, give me your perspective on it with what I've shared because I want to hear a fresh take. I want, sometimes you're just too close to the situation, and you need somebody who's got some distance that can help bring perspective and solution and wisdom to a decision. So who should you get for wise counsel in your life when you're looking for these kind of things? I've got a couple of things to give you here. One, people who might see the situation differently than you do. Rather because they're a different age group, they come from a different background, they're in a different place, they're far removed from the situation. But someone who can see it different than you do. People who have been, uh, who have, people who have your best interest in heart and not just an agenda to push. Sometimes we get so caught up in an agenda, and we can say, oh, it's a godly agenda, it's a godly thing, but we get so tied up into that, we, that supersedes the reality of life. And we need trust at heart. When I'm going through something, I want, I, I, when I was first got into ministry, I found the, one of the oldest pastors in our district. I loved this guy. He was on staff at a church. He just kind of was like the catch-all pastor. He just kind of, you know... I love spending time with him. I was like, I, everything he said, I clung to. Because I'm like, this guy has walked the road. And a lot of people never gave him the time of day. A lot of young pastors never spent any time with him. Why would you, in fact, I had somebody tell me this one time. They were like, why would you go spend time with that old guy? I'm like, because that old guy has walked in my shoes. He's done it, and he's done it well, and he's still in ministry, and he's still productive. You betcha I'm going to go listen to him. And everything that he shared with me, life lessons that shaped and molded my ministry. I'm so glad. Find somebody with some life experience. Maybe the most important, find somebody who's willing to talk with God and listen to his voice. Somebody who's willing to pray for you and not pray your will and not pray their will, but pray, God, we want, to, we want, to do, we want the best. We want your will. Number four, your best and biggest decisions need to take time. Don't 
make a life-changing decision in the heat of a moment. You had a bad day at work. That's it. I'm quitting. I'm done. All right, maybe think about it overnight. (laughs) You know what? Sunday morning did not go well. I'm looking for a new church starting tomorrow. (laughs) So as they say, pastors, don't quit on Mondays. All right? That's good wisdom. Over the years, I've had to use that one on myself several times. Don't quit on Monday. Take time. Take time. And I realize not every decision, some, some decisions have a clock. And sometimes we do have to make a decision very quickly. But you're thinking about getting up and moving and taking your family? Take some time. Talk with your spouse. Take time. Take time. I know we read the Bible sometimes, and we read a whole chapter, and we're like, oh, see how quickly and how everything? Yeah, but none of these stories happened almost, none of, almost none of them happened instantaneously. They happened over time. And we read things so quickly, and we're like, oh, it's just got to, we're like, we have McDonald's, Burger King-like anxiety in our spiritual life. We're like, it's got to be my way right away, right now. And we're like, we just want to pull up to the drive-thru, make our order to God, pull up to the next window, get what God has for us, and keep on going. And we've got to just slow down for a minute in our fast-paced life when it comes to making big, life-changing decisions. Just take a moment, breathe, think through, weigh the pros and cons. Number five, the best decisions are decisions committed to God. Well, wait, Pastor, you already talked about praying. Yeah, you, you involve God in the decision. Now you're making the decision and you're committing that decision to the God kingdom. That's where the blessing comes from. Look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. The path that you're already walking, he makes that path straight. Because you've committed what you're doing to God. And I don't mean like you just say it, you got some prayer all worked out, and it's just like, Lord, I commit what I'm doing to you today into your hands. No, I'm talking about connecting your heart, emotion, feeling. It's just not lip service. It's connecting our being to God and saying, God, I'm doing my best, and now I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk it out. If you've got these principles in place, the door you choose, it'll be the right. You'll hear the voice just two weeks. And so you're doing premarital counseling, you talk about a lot of different things. You guys ever, ever, some of you, some of you buy into this, and that's fine. But the one, she, she was the one, he was the one. I'm going to tell you a really quick story about when Pam and I met. We did not like each other. <laughs> At all. No, I'm serious. Now look, you're going, where is Pam? She's visiting family this morning, okay? I'm not just sharing this because she's not here. She would agree with me on this. She'll be back later tonight, God willing. And, and, and if it doesn't go well, I'll be staying with you, Robbie. So we didn't like each other. But we ended up starting to do life together. And we were doing our best to put these principles that we talked about in place. And as we grew closer to each other, we were praying and talking and doing all these things. 
And we made a decision that we were going to get married. And I remember people asking both of us, are you sure about this? There's a little bit of age difference between Pam and I. Our personalities are very different. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm making a decision. And on a November day, we went to a church and we made a commitment. And we committed our lives to God that we were going to bind our lives together and we believe that God is making us better together than we were on our own. And when we walked out of that church, Pam was the one for me. And I was the one for her because we chose that and committed it to God. Now listen, I'm not saying go find somebody you hate and decide you want to marry them. That's not a good wedding theory. That's not what we cover in marriage counseling, okay? But what I'm saying is sometimes we are so focused on trying to go, this is the only thing that could possibly be God's will. When I think God looks at it much bigger and goes, look, love me, love people, follow the word, continue to grow. The choices you're going to make will make the path straight. How can it be that assemblies of God churches across the world are so different one from another? Who's in the will of God and who's not? What if they're all in the will of God? Because they've made this the most important thing. Let's make sure the decisions we're making, we're doing it the right way. Robbie, if you'd come back to the piano worship team, if you'd get ready. If the heart's in the right place, the decisions that you make will be the right decisions. Not everybody's going to agree with them. Look, I'm the lead pastor of this church. Nobody ever agrees with everything that we do. And it's never going to be that way. But I want to make sure we get the big things right. Like putting God first, loving on people, continuing to do ministry, preaching the word effectively, reaching our community, serving our community. Those are the things that matter to God. Let's get those right. Whether or not you like the song selection today or not, who, who really cares at the end of the day? Whether we painted the wall gray or blue, as long as it doesn't look weird and psychedelic, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. Let's put the weight on the right things, and the weight should be on the way, because you know who the way is? Jesus. Jesus is the way. And Jesus wants to make sure we're right with him today. We're going to do communion in just a few moments. I want to pray for you first about the decisions you have to make in your life. I know sometimes they're heavy. I get that. I feel that weight myself. And God wants you to leave here in freedom today. Walk through the principles. Make sure you're just not making an, you're making the best decision possible and then make it with confidence. And you'll hear the voice of God saying, this is the way. And I know some of you have got family members and they've made decisions that you don't necessarily agree with. Hopefully they know God and hopefully they're making the best decisions they can. Maybe you're, maybe you're judging somebody else in church and the decisions that they're making, but what if, what if they're walking through this process and it's the road God has them on? I told somebody this morning I was walking and God, God said something to me. I was praying about a situation. And God said, sometimes the sweetest things are found in the most challenging places. 
Samson found honey in the cavity of a lion. It's not where I'd be going to look for something sweet, I can tell you that. In the midst of craziness and challenges, there's sweetness to be found in the presence of God. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, I know there are people in this place that are going to make decisions this week, the weeks to come, the months and the years to come that will be heavy, difficult decisions that will impact people's lives. And the weight of that sometimes becomes overwhelming to the point of where we almost feel like we're frozen. But God, your word is so true. If we're right with you, we're doing the right things internally in our life. We're continuing to grow and strive to get closer to you. The decisions we make, the choices we make, they're going to be the right ones. And even if they aren't, there is an amount of grace to get us where we need to be when we need to get there. Lord, you love these people. Lord, I pray for the person this morning who is overwhelmed with the weight of a decision and choice that they have to make. May they sense your freedom this morning. May they put you first and foremost. God, the decision will be the right one when it comes time to make it. I have every confidence in that. Lord, I love this church, and I know you love them too. Lord, our, our best decision we can make is to choose to accept you as our Savior. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, I want to walk you through how you accept him as your Lord and Savior. You just admit that you got a problem that you can't fix. It takes a leap of faith because you proclaim that Jesus, I, I believe you're the Son of God, that you came, you died, you rose again. And you did so to draw me into a relationship with you. If you want to start a relationship with Jesus, would as I pray this prayer, would you pray it along with me in your heart and your mind? Lord, I need a Savior. Life is broken, it's tough, it's difficult, it's challenging. I make the wrong decisions, it seems like the wrong choices. I need a partner in my life. I need a Savior in my life. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again, and in this very moment, you are calling me into a relationship with you. Change my life from the inside out. Work on me. Help me to hear your voice and to change my mind and my heart so that I can be more like you. Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your elements this morning, would you take them? One of the things I want to do before we do communion, let's make sure our heart's right with God. Just seek, let him seek your heart. Let the Holy Spirit seek you. To your spouse, God wants you to make it right right now. Right tomorrow at work, because you left the work week and with unfinished business. God's going to say you need to make it right this next week and be obedient to him. But let's just take a moment. If we've got hidden sin, hidden issues in our life, let's take some time and allow God to work in our life. Robbie, would you lead us this morning?
in that song, Blessed Assurance, as we just let the Holy Spirit seek our heart and we make things right with the Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my Sing my Savior all the day long. A perfect submission and perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels the elements and just begin to prep will symbolize the body associate with communion no one comes to the father 
except through me. Jesus is the way. That's what matters. That's what matters. Lord, when you sat with your disciples and they had these elements, you spoke about the bread and you broke it. So this an example of what would take place. Lord, when you would go to the cross and your body was broken, abused by men, tortured, but Lord, you never threw in the towel because you saw us. You saw me. You said, I value you enough to have my body broken for you. How much you love us. Lord, may we never forget the love you have for us and the things that you endured for us. That's because you said, I value you enough. And we thank you for your body that was broken for us on the cross. Let's take the element of the bread together this morning. Dude, ready your cup. Jesus turned to his disciples and as they were getting ready to drink the wine, he said, this is the new covenant. He symbolized the blood that would be shed with the wine that they were drinking. And see, in the Old Testament, the covenant was to try to get things right with God. You had to have a, a, a sacrifice. There had to be a shedding of blood because sin in our life was so, so horrible, it separated us from God. But that process was insufficient. It was a temporary measure because there was no sacrifice good enough until Jesus. And he shed his blood. He paid the price. And what he did on the cross when we accept his gift of eternal life, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, as we turn our hearts towards him, his blood washes us white as snow. It erases all of the junk that we do, all of the, the times that we fail and we fall down. Not just before our salvation, but afterwards too. Thank goodness. Amen. It's a continual process. He does not give up on us, church. Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed, the ultimate sacrifice. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise and worship. Lord, you are not done moving in people's lives. Greater things still lie ahead for families, at workplaces, for this church, for this community. And God, we are honored to be a part of the story. But the only way that that was possible is because of what you did. And we give you 
praise and glory and honor, and we thank you this morning for the blood that was shed. Let's take the cup together. Today, we need to do, we'll do our part, but I want to tell you there's somebody doing so much more for you. And I think the final word I'll give you this morning is God wants to turn things in your favor. Not for, for your pride, not for your agenda, but for the kingdom. God wants to turn his favor towards you. He's going to turn people's hearts. He's going to move in great ways this next week in your life. Do you believe that? Well, before we leave here, Let's sing that song that Robbie started us with, and then Robbie will close in a final prayer and pray over our offering this morning. You can give uh, in the offering container in the foyer. Church, I love you. Make great decisions this week. Let's worship him one more time. Let's stand to our feet. The mountains are still being moved. Stronghold is still being moved. God, we believe, yes, we can see it, that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you, come and do what you do. We are here for you, come and do
that you are alive and you are in this place and you are moving in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take that wherever we go this week to have a passion to pray, God, move in my heart. Make a difference through my life as I worship you and as I live my life for you. God, I thank you for each person here and as they face this new week God, I pray that you would remind them and each one of us here that your presence is going with us. You are with us. God, let us make a difference for your glory and for your honor. I thank you for our church family. Thank you that we can connect with you and connect with each other. Thank you for how you are growing us in our day-by-day relationship with you. God, challenge us to go and to do what you are calling us to do. Thank you for the opportunity we have to give of this offering. God, I pray that our tithes and our offerings would provide for this church and you would do miracles beyond our comprehension. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.